We did that movie about gremlins. They, yeah, they got in. <laughs> we should they have got done in it. No, listen, this is completely on me. Um, my tech friends say that the problems, the technological problems I experience, are some like they have never seen before in their entire lives, <laughs> and that I probably have a EMP built <laughs> into me at some, you know, at some point, and I just ruin any technology I'm in contact with. Mm. So. Just like Matrix, my bad. One through three. Yeah, uh, totally. Because <laughs> I've absolutely seen all three. Oh, perfect. Okay, so, uh, uh, <laughs> so uh, welcome everybody to the Cool Takes podcast, uh, the only bad movie podcast where the bad movies are good. Actually, every week we have on a guest in order to defend, or in order to let me start that over. Every week we bring on a guest in order to mount a sincere and unironic defense of an unpopular or unliked movie in an effort to successfully gaslight our audience into having bad taste. My name is Jackson McMurray. My name is Keisha Rhodes. And we are sans Adeline McMurray today, but we are instead joined by a person who will introduce themselves now. I'm Sarah. Um, I am Hayes and Ida on the Cosmonaut tabletop podcast with uh marcus turner and that lot i'm very excited to be given a chance to talk about a really great movie exceptional ironically a great movie uh so this is part before i'll I'll throw to you in a second sarah uh to have you sort of uh explain yourself sounds condescending (laughs) we think that there are no there are no working filmmakers currently who exemplify the, this premise better than the Wachowskis. <laughs> Jupiter Ascending, this, their, their, besides the new Matrix, their most recent movie, and besides Sense8, uh, is also, I think, is also a movie that very much has sort of a cult following. Like, I've definitely heard some split takes from, from friends and family about it. Uh, and I'm just really excited uh, because, uh, at least for me, this is my first time seeing it. I think Keej has already seen it. Um, First half. I hadn't, I didn't finish it. Mm. You didn't finish it. <laughs> I Wait, see, it so... was like on FX one time and I was like, oh, that was <laughs> interesting. Like, you didn't even, it was like, you didn't even up by... to watch it. You, it was I, no, on. Not in theaters. It was, it was I, well, I was like, oh, I'll record that. Yeah, sure. I'll see it. And then, you know, with like the ad breaks, uh, yeah. I got a little tired and I was like, do I, mm, Maybe I'll play Flappy Bird at the time. What was one of the games? Oh, man. Candy Crush? I yeah. was like probably just on my phone or whatever out, instead. It came out in 2015. So yeah. sure. You're throw on 2048, yeah, Flapp- see was... if I could beat my score. My score. Oh, my my high score, 40, whatever the signal was, 64, whatever the double is. Oh, man. So we have someone who hadn't watched it until now and someone who watched half of it because it was on. That is like, I'm so excited to be the person that not only watched it in full, but was like browsing <laughs> the Tumblr tag at the time. Do you know what I mean? I was like that oh, into, gosh. I was in there. Oh yeah. Oh, Jackson's microphone is bunk right now. So I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to give you some controversial hot takes right now. That, that that he can't dispute. Yeah, yeah. One, Jackson's a weak ass bitch for not being able to <laughs> ingest wheat. 
properly. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Jackson will never enjoy Nutella because he can't eat nuts. Because oh, no. uh, <laughs> you were telling us about those peanut butter cupcakes you, where you didn't actually eat any of them, but they made you so nervous that you went to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> this is when these, I was in third grade. This is not an adult Jackson. As a third grader. As a third grader. These are, these are not hot takes. You just, you just gave me a list of weaknesses. Okay. Like here's a hot take. Like yeah, that's true. Like like I'm I couldn't some, think of anything. Like I'm some sort of super villain looking for the easiest way to take him out. So the the thing about my cold allergy, quote unquote, I have some kind of condition that when it's very cold out, I get hives. When I was a child, my parents told me that it was because I was allergic to the cold. Yeah. Uh, which I you know I believed for a long time because I'm sure that was just easier to understand considering I was allergic to a lot of other things. Sure. But as an adult now, like, it wasn't until I was probably, like, 19 that I, like, looked that, back that, on that. That and you I realized was like, that wasn't possible? That I was like, yeah, I'm not allergic <laughs> like, to the cold. That doesn't make any sense. I, but... I had something so I was told I was allergic to mornings because I would always have sneezing fits when I woke up. Anyways. I don't know. Okay. So we're back. Everyone can hear us. Everyone can hear everybody else. Audition is and recording. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Not clipping too terribly. Perfect. Okay. Everything's fine. Everything's perfect. It's good. And this will be fixed by next week, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so. Matrix 4? <laughs> Matrix 4. I don't know. Not Matrix 4. The other one. <laughs> Jupiter <laughs> Ascending. Where, so. What? Oh. Okay. Well, no. Okay. Never mind. Just let's go. <laughs> I was just going to throw to Sarah and say, Sarah, what is your relationship with Jupiter Ascending? You picked out this movie. I came to you. You said you wanted to do Jupiter Ascending. What's your story? Yes. I mean, I think it is one of those movies that is considered bad. It's mm. just like, you know, it's one of those movies when you when you expi- explained the uh, premise of your podcast, that, that was one of the first ones that popped in my head. And when I Googled it, I think if you Google it, it has heinous, like, scores. Mm-hmm. Jupiter, if you just Google Jupiter Ascending, it's like, here we go. IMDb, 5.3 out of 10. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, 28%. Oof. Okay. out of 5 on Amazon UK. But uh, you know what? Controversially, underneath that, Google users, 69% like the film. Fuck yeah. Hey! (laughs) So, I mean, the thing is, is I really enjoyed it when I watched it. And then I think, also, I am easily manipulated by online opinions. And at the time, I saw a post on Tumblr that was like, essentially, the things that people make fun of Jupiter, Jupiter Ascending for, if put in a male gaze film such as Guardians of the Galaxy, right, it would be praised. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's 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 silly for all of the same reasons. Like there's over the top acting, there's cheesy concepts, and like really space opery style like settings and story, and like all those like little things that people make fun of it ends up being because it's female gaze, you know? You get right. the, the wedding scene, you get the the sticking the pad on the wound scene, you know? So that really stuck with me. So I was like, yeah, you know, this is the treatment of this movie is unfair. That was, that was one of the things that struck me. I mean, it's something we haven't really talked a lot about in our previous two Matrix episodes are sort of the Wachowskis as trans directors. And right. it's really fascinating the way that, like, sort of it it so clearly informs 
the way that they make their movies. I mean, not only are like almost all of their movies about sort of like transcendentalism and sort of being freed from your own body. Like, you know, the matrix obviously is all about that cloud Atlas, obviously since eight is all about that. And this is about like a person being like reincarnated through their genetics into like some other, some other form. And like there it's, it's so bizarre that like this movie feels so like the transition between like Matrix being like the the broiest action movie, like not to be <laughs> yes. reductive, but like and then between this this like the first movie that they make after Lana Wachowski coming out as trans is like this total like YA like it feels like a movie designed for like 14, 15, 16 mm-hmm. year old exactly. girls. Yeah. It's like extremely like uh uh I mean I don't know it's it I don't want to be reductive when I say this but it's like extremely like deviant art Wattpad kind of aesthetics where it's like Channing Tatum is this like exiled like sexy yeah, guy no, who's like absolutely. half wolf that you have to like seduce you know and it's I think it's I mean and we're gonna get into this we're gonna do the Twilight movies after this because we want to sort of mount defenses of those too and like so much of that is just like like you said like female gaze stuff that I think might be a lot better received if it were like flipped around the other way or like seen as as you know a little bit more acceptably campy and ridiculous as opposed to like sort of looked down upon yeah because like I mean it's it's what you said about like I think there's some really similar elements to the matrix and stuff like that in that it's like they're 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 both about like power trips kind of you know like the ability to sort of be able to control your surroundings and Mm -hmm. be aware of like a a larger truth that no one else could see like they're both you know sort of fight club-esque like you put yourself in the place of the protagonist and you're like man i wish that were i wish that were me sort of thing Mm -hmm. but like it's i didn't actually know that this was the first film that they made after coming out and yeah, let like, me... Uh, let that me... puts a lot of... I mean, if if so, that makes so much sense to me because, like, it's, like, allowing... It's all about indulgence. Like, this 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 film is all about indulgence and consumerism and, right. like, the things that, like, we consider guilty pleasures. And, like, there's a lot of... Like, I think it actually did all that deliberately. Like, the, the cheesy things, like the... You know, like, ooh, what if there's, like, a cool space werewolf? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. allowing yeah. yourself to a be indulgent. And, and specifically, <laughs> be indulgent in, like, feminine, right, like, female gaze fantasies. I think that, that totally tracks. Right. I think that makes so much sense. So I was wrong, by the way. She came out uh, between Speed Racer <laughs> and Cloud Atlas, which also okay. makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. But like, even still, I think what you're saying <laughs> but holds like, up. I still think it's it's like you said it. It you know it it plays a part in the film and and um, I mean Cloud Atlas. You know, be it as it may, it was a book beforehand. Right. So if this is you know their first original property since then, which yeah. I'm pretty sure it might have been, then I don't know. I think it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, also, you know, maybe it's not so much about transitioning as as you could infer from like the matrix series but what i noticed is it's very much about men projecting their problems on (laughs) to women right like every single man in that movie projects their problems on to jupiter including kane right so you have um what was his name titus and he's projecting his mom. Like, they're all projecting their mama mm-hmm. problems onto her. Right. And then Kane's projecting his, um, 
his like, oh, I, I have, I'm a different class from you, you know, like, mm-hmm. she's like, hey, I'm down, and he's like, oh, I have prior issues with royalty. <laughs> and Yeah, even about- down to her cousin, where he was like, you need to sell your eggs, and I yeah. get... <laughs> I get two thirds of the profit because yeah. I, I already spent the money. Like that's crazy. That's her. It's dual body. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. The idea of just sort of having to escape, escape all these like like literally like beating a dude, <laughs> like nearly beating a dude to death, being like, I'm not your mother. I'm not like, your mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right after his brother tried to marry her, like her, right. which is, there's a lot of good space opera-y, soap opera-y elements to this film sure. that I very much, like, very, like, and I, I read something how it was supposed to be, um, like, derivative of the Odyssey, so there are a I lot of those, like, too. Grecian, like, ooh, these, there's something messed up about some of these relationships, but that's yeah. kind of the point. Right. Is that like, yeah. much like Matrix Reloaded, which we were talking about yes. a couple weeks ago. Also very Odyssey-like. Lana Wachowski loves the Odyssey. She loves it. <laughs> yes, Fair no, no, well, that's that's, in this article, she was saying, like, I, oh, really? I, like, I really love the Odyssey. Okay, gotcha. Sorry, yeah. I didn't realize you were <laughs> quoting her directly. She well, also... Yeah, I'm paraphrasing. She also said that she took um, inspiration from The Wizard of Oz and Alice in Wonderland. And I thought that was a really interesting uh, point was that, like, some people criticize the film for there being no character development. But, like, she literally says, in, in you know, Alice and Dorothy don't, don't really change. I mean, Dorothy does, but Alice doesn't change throughout right. her journey. She's put into a situation. People react to her, and then she leaves the situation. So, I don't know. I thought that was also an interesting anecdote. I think it is like very specific moments where she makes decisions, which I was like really thinking about towards the second half of the movie. I was like, how much of this is she just being, because it kind of goes along with the premise of her like being the chosen one. And then how much does she get to decide to do? And there are like very specific feats where she says, yes, I'm doing that or no, I'm not doing that. And and, And the characters around her, let her make those choices, which right. I think is very like individual from a lot of other stories that we're going to be getting about like a female protagonist, especially yeah. in 2015. So here's here's something that Keija and I were talking about. When we were texting while at least while I was watching the movie. I'm not sure when you watched it. Right, I watched um, it this morning. I am obsessed with Eddie Redmayne's performance in this. I think it is so yes! great, and yes. <laughs> I love it so much. And Keija brought to my attention that. <laughs> He literally won the Razzie for worst supporting actor for it, which is some bullshit, first of all. But I want to read out, that was the only Razzie it won, but it was nominated for worst picture, worst actor for Channing Tatum, worst actress for Mila Kunis, and worst director and worst screenplay for the Wachowskis. Like, it cleared house, it cleaned house at the Razzies, which is insane. I mean, I have problems with the Razzies in any circumstances mm-hmm. because they're just total like dog piles on like whatever the jokiest movie is to make fun exactly, of. Exactly, you know. But yeah. like, come on, man. Like That's Eddie tough. Redmayne, I love the way Eddie Redmayne plays this character who is like I'd... simultaneously 25 and 80. 
Yeah! <laughs> Which is, like, you know, supported by the text, but it's, like, this just hilarious, like, weird, bizarre performance that I can't think of anything else to really compare it to. I saw somebody, I was looking around on Letterboxd, I saw somebody say that he was acting like he was actively trying to get fired, which made me laugh really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. There is something I, so incredibly compelling about it. It's so memorable. And like, I don't see, I don't see why it's a bad thing. Like he's a creep. Yeah. He's meant to be a creep. We're meant to be weirded out by him. And like, I think that totally works. Like, is it campy? And like, is it laughable? Yes. But <laughs> I mean, if you were in that situation, if you were her, and you were actually, like, having to face this man, you'd be <laughs> terrified. He's terrifying. I love it. I think it's great. Can't, I'm trying to figure out why, like, there was such an adverse reaction to his performance. And, like, was it the other two siblings? Do you think? Being, because like, they were too normal? Yeah, they were too, because if anything, I think they were, like, too straight about it. They should have been up in their game. They're yeah. Red. Which you one of what? them has won an Oscar? Not the other two. <laughs> exactly. No, you know name? I think that's a really good point. I think they probably should have pushed their performance. Because, like, I also... This is something that I read last night that I really thought was cool. Hold on. I, like, took notes on it. Ooh, sick. Is that, um... That they... So this, you know, consumerism is a huge theme in the film. And, um, you know... It's an industry that they have built and they're living off of and they're literally immortal because of this consumerist industry, this capitalist mm -hmm. industry. And that the, the three siblings are sort of representative of the coping mechanisms that we go through to justify living in these kind of societies. I like this very, and, you know, very so much. It's so great because if you think about her and her, like, she's, she's vapid, she's materialistic. You know, the first thing she does, she's like, touch my skin. It's like... And she literally says the phrase, all you have to do is close your eyes. And, like, <laughs> she doesn't, she's not evil. Like, she doesn't even have, like, a big plot with Jupiter. She literally is just like, mm, Bessie, I can't wait to be immortals together. You know what I mean? She doesn't right. do anything. She's just, like, lavishing in the in the He's, the, the yeah. goods that the sort of capital the, affords the benefits, her. Yeah. Yeah, of the benefits of the industry. And she's like, all you have to do is close your eyes. And, frankly, that's something that, all of us can relate to you know, right. like we all are like kind of whether it be forced or not required to close our eyes and just enjoy the benefits of capitalism and consumerism but like that doesn't i don't think they push that hard enough for her right and and like mm -hmm. he is all about yeah what's his name the eddie red Redmayne's Hi character Oh, but Burmatrax, something like that. Balaam Aber... His name's Balaam. Balaam Abersax. Balaam is the other other end of the, the spectrum. Like, he owns it. He wins it. He defends it. He is the, he, you know, he's the active participant in the, in the industry. And, like, you get that. Like, he's defending it. He's like, this is what we have to do. Like, th there's no choice. This is an industry. And then the middle guy... I think is really interesting because he's just fucking around like he's <laughs> literally just there to have a good time right he's cynical i think he represents nihilism like the people who are like whatever it can't be changed <clears throat> this is the society we live in might as well have fun right i'm just gonna fuck my and, mom but, about it not i'm just gonna I'm just, yeah. gonna I'm just gonna like play up you know he was literally like pranks <laughs> like, <laughs> Daddy. when when, like, when I the, forgot to tell her that I'm going to murder her right afterwards. <laughs> but, like, the, the most fascinating part of that scene is when it gets caught by the police and then it just 
ends. You know, there's <laughs> he's just like, well, can't blame you for trying. Ah, <laughs> so like, I think you're right. I think his performance being criticized as, as campy is because, you know, he's really pushing what he's supposed to be representing, whereas the other two probably could have pushed it a little farther. Yeah, I fucking yeah. love that. I love these three guys as these, like, three, like, totems of, like, life under capitalism that, like, life represent different... And fucking rules. That's incredible. This is, like, this is, like, the perfect thing of this podcast. This is what I get really excited about, is when we can get a guest who comes on and can just, like, drop something like that, and you're like, of course, obviously this movie's incredible. Like, I get it's, it now. It has, like, fully it has I get everything. it. And, like, maybe those points would have come across better in the film that this is, you know, a criticism of capitalism. Right. But, like, it has all this fluff and it has the romance and it has, like, the indulgence and all these little things that distract you. The same reason that people shot on uh, Hunger Games. You know, like, right. ah, but there's a, mm. there's a love triangle. And it's like you're <laughs> missing the point of the rest of it. But, right. yes, there is a love triangle. Mm-hmm. So maybe those things distract from the points. But why does it? Why do we have to be without them? This movie has everything. Yeah. This movie has everything. It's so great. It has like the Bridgerton style, like hoity-toity family <laughs> drama and the classist drama. Like, ugh, it has everything. Yeah. Rags to riches, back to rags. rags. Exactly. We love to Cinderella see it. story. The, yeah. the fact that you're secretly a princess. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what's so great about it. I mean, that's We've just, like, sort of that, like, one pirates. line. Like, any movie where it's, like, and she's secretly a princess, I'm like, okay, I'm intrigued. <laughs> like, this is interesting to me. And I think... And I love... Go ahead, Keisha. Go on. Oh, I love that it's in the frame of she's a clone, but she's not a clone. Clones are not... Like, that. that's not it. She's just the exact same cellular makeup. Right. Of, which is what we call reincarnation. <laughs> like, I love it when they explain but, something that's like three sentences ago, we would have like, okay, cool. She's like a little clone. They're like, but she's not a clone. She's not a clone. We we treat genes like it's religion. Like, what a cool concept, though. And yeah. something that, like, makes sense in the context of these are people that live for thousands of years. And when you think about it that way, that means, like... It's possible. Like, it's absolutely possible. Like, you you believe it. You're like, yeah, if you live that long, there is a chance that someone just looks exactly like you right. at some point. And especially, I mean, you know, if you are to assume that the human population of this world is, like, across countless planets across the galaxy, the uh, you know, like, if you were to be talking just about Earth, like, the odds that somebody would have an identical genome to you would be, like, insanely small. But, like, when you think about, like, I don't know... There's hundreds and hundreds of other planets with humans on them. So yeah. somewhere out there, you know, pretty quickly, you're going to get somebody with that exact same same one. So I think, I, you know, in a world building sense, it kind of sets them up, it sets you up and knocks you down, like, in just the right way, I think, that you that's believable. Well, also because they literally say that, you know, they are the originals and they right. make people, like, so it's, it's divine intervention on their part. So it makes sense that, like, it's kind of, although when you put it in like a different context you'd be like if we were making like livestock like you know if we were like genetically engineering cows and then like one of the cows just like ended up looking like you like i guess, I guess <laughs> the logic doesn't track as well when you think of it that way but but I it is love... like it's such a good 
point to be like that they are just humans who are taking advantage of other humans and that's how they get richer and live longer right. like it's Adelism, not like baby. oh we're just super we're just like really mystical and in touch with our spirituality it's like yeah no we just figured out that you can uh turn people into goop and that goop <laughs> makes you young and sorry we figured it out before you but yeah. we're better yeah. and we're richer what's, and we've lived longer so. you know what it's a lot like too it's a lot like eternals it's playing in a lot of the same spaces thinking, as eternals i was thinking that this whole time i was like this is very eternals vibes because <laughs> we also did eternals on this podcast we love eternals we're obsessed with eternals <laughs> I'm not familiar. I'm so sorry. Oh, um, oh, it's it's the it's Disney Marvel Plus. movie. Yeah, it's on Disney it. Plus now. It's incredible. <laughs> Highly recommended. I mean, I mean the the lore. It's like you said, like this whole this whole idea of, you know, it, they they establish. I love the establishing scene where you go to that really high tech planet that's just been harvested, right? Mm-hmm. And like you get in that scene so much. Like you get this sense of a huge universe. And that, like, okay, so this they're developing worlds to harvest them. And you right. get, like, the family drama. And you get that it is an industry. It is a business. Like, I love that lore. And, like, things that s- explain things on Earth is, like, a, a big weakness of mine. How they're <laughs> like, yeah, we, we um, manifested the extinction event of the dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> we intervened. We're the ones that gave you technology. We're why you look the way you do yeah. because you we know, did the it. fire thing that was yeah. us that was we invented us fire. <laughs> we invented fire also they explained crop circles did you guys notice that <laughs> yeah very one- briefly oh, there's a little i did not notice that part the the uh bounty hunter ship when it comes off of the oh right i just i'm well, weak well, for stuff like that i love a crop circle i love, <laughs> I love a, a good crop circle, crop circle. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the seeding harvesting system lore, I think, is fantastic. You want to know what I bet is a big sticking point for a lot of people? Uh, <laughs> I think it's <laughs> I think it's when Sean Bean shows up and he's like, yeah, what's up? I'm half human, half bee. And half bee. Like, bees, <laughs> bees are genetically designed <laughs> to identify <laughs> Jupiter, Jupiterian bees royalty. recognize royalty. No, yeah, that is... we invented bees. Easy. Yeah. It is it is cheesy. I will uh, give you that. And also, I don't know if you noticed because you only you only watched it once. Mm-hmm. He does have bee stripes in his hair. Okay, oh. I was gonna say I could I could have used more bee biology. Like right. I, I needed like a stinger or like <laughs> his antenna. Some his name, is his name is Stinger, but I want him to have a stinger. He had he had yellow stripes in his hair. Okay, very, very subtle, but yes. Or like I yeah. wanted him to like spit up honey at one point or something oh, like that. Like I just ooh. needed something bee-ish. <laughs> that would be something great. Something more that bee-ish. Be. See, and I do I think he, here's my biggest thing. Having watched this exactly once, uh, like very quickly, like the aesthetics of it, like the thematics of it, I feel like I'm understanding. I love the performances, but on like just a nuts and bolts plot level, the mm. entire time I'm like, I don't know what Channing Tatum is doing at any point, basically. Like, I'm uh, extremely confused about what his that's whole fair. deal is. I mean, so basically he was hired by Horny Man, mm. Titus. Middle brother. Middle brother. He was hired by Horny Brother um, to get her. And he was like, yeah, I want to be I want to be a space angel again, because I got kicked out of the military for eating a rich person. And, um, 
But and then, to be Eddie Redmayne. Sorry? <laughs> it's implied that that was Eddie Redmayne, and that's why his throat's weird. That is... That, oh, I forgot about that. You're right. Yeah. Which is, is, like, very funny that they don't mention that, like... Yeah, he I kind wonder of... If that's, I wonder if that's true. I think I remember someone talking about that as well, that it was maybe him. But yeah, and then he... But then he changes his mind on the deal when he takes her to be man and they realize that she's royalty hmm. right he gets and he thinks off. she's cute. Mm. Well, cute i don't know i don't remember why i guess he takes her to the bee man because they're injured i don't remember oh it's because the bounty oh, yeah, they're gonna fight the bounty hunters the bounty hunters are working for who <laughs> no they're working for the Sister. For the for Eddie Redmayne. Oh wait, no. Yeah, yes, they're working the for si- the sister. Remember, because they drop her off yeah. at the palace and okay. they get a bunch of the goop. Mm-hmm. But and then she, someone pays them off. Who pays them off? For, I think it's her. Is it? I think. Okay. I think they originally they were originally hired by Eddie Redmayne, right? Because one of the one of the crocodile <laughs> one of the crocodile dragons, yeah. which we haven't even mentioned Incredible. that that is a thing. Yes, so. that's true. One of the crocodile dragons is like they got paid off by your sister. That's why they didn't. Okay, they didn't yep, kill yep. her. So there's a lot then there's of, like, also one that has the exact same hair as Lana Wachowski, which I was like, that's a nice <laughs> little touch. I appreciate right. that. I would do that if I were in a movie. <laughs> I'd be like, that doesn't look like me because I don't know, just for, just for fun. That's like, so yeah. Like the way this movie proceeds, it's very much like I don't know. Mila Kunis is just kind of getting bounced around from weirdo yeah. to weirdo, and you just like sort of like, follow much her like along, the much like the Odyssey, much like Matrix Reloaded, and like you know, Channing Tatum is always like two steps behind, trying to like warn her that the person she's talking to is a weirdo, but he can never quite get to her. But then like sometimes he's like in cahoots with a particular weirdo, but sometimes he's against a different weirdo. And you're like, I'm not a hundred percent sure what the changing allegiances are here, but I know that I like these weirdos. And that is, that's the Mm -hmm. most important thing. I mean, it's just, isn't the scale of it, like honestly the world and the lore and like the, 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 the feeling of scale in this movie is it's like a pre-established series. You know what I mean? Right, it feels yeah. like a Star Wars-esque world where like even the you know the background NPCs have these incredible costumes and you have the beautiful graphics. Um I'm pretty sure the uh, Cloud At- Atlas director of photography was the director of photography here and right. like, they started working on this film while they were still working on Cloud Atlas. So I think they had like this this big feeling of like a, a of a long history and a big world and I just like love it. I love looking at it. Such yeah. beautiful film. It is so gorgeous. Like that scene where she's it's the wedding and she's coming in on that like stunning. the floating at her dress is just like so regal. It's so exciting and then like cuts back and forth with this this huge action scene. It's good. I wish <laughs> good. I'd seen that on a movie theater screen. Exactly. I honestly, it would have been exciting. The costumes alone, like you, I don't think anybody can can disagree that the costumes are incredible. They're so much fun. It's so great. It's it's. I mean, like, and then just I'm weak to establishing shots of of planets and you know new worlds that are colorful and different. Like, I love that stuff. 
So I, I was thinking a lot. I feel like this movie, in a lot of ways, is like a, a very powerful time capsule in just in the actors that are in it. Because, like, <laughs> Interesting. Channing Tatum is Pretty a guy I'm kind of obsessed with. Because oh, he he really, like, there was a long time, like, in the early 2010s, where they were trying to push him as, like, the yeah. handsome leading man of the time. And Absolutely. I don't think he really works on that level. Like, after Magic Mike, they were like, put him in G.I. Joe, put him in Jupiter Ascending. Like, he's the hot guy all the girlies like. And, like, I don't think that is sort of his best mode. And he took a break for a really long time, and now he's back now, and he's just like, my thing is that I'm good at kind of, like, you know, not lunkheads per se, but just, like, sort of mm -hmm. simple surface level kind of boring people who kind of get interesting the more you dig into them right like, like he a, starts like a rock archetype yeah the like he starts man. he starts getting into like steven soderbergh movies and like he's you know he plays the cowboy in the kingsman sequel and like you know now he's doing that movie dog where he's just kind of like a folksy down-home guy who has a dog i don't know whatever that movie's about but like... he was in free guy he was funny That's right. in free guy he what because he's he... like one of He's like a gamer guy, right. and in the game, he's like cool and buff, and like all the girls like him. And then it right. cuts back to him, and he's like in his mom's basement or whatever. You know, like it's like just like a teenage boy or something. I just gotta get something off my chest. Like Channing Tatum has been like Hollywood shorthand for a hot guy for so long, <laughs> and I don't think he's especially a hot guy. Like when it comes to hot guys, like Channing Tatum's not right. the guy I gravitate to first. Do you think he's, he's right. hotter as like a half half wolf man though? They like, did him dirty dog? with that blonde hair. They did him dirty with, with yeah, the, the hair and the ears crispy. and the beard is not. It's a the little best. crispy. Nobody should but... ever have a blonde beard. It's not right. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it goes against nature, which is what a splice is, I suppose, is going I against suppose. nature. But if what would lead to be spliced with? Come on, I know. Dark. Like Dark. make him hairier. Yeah. Yeah, cowards. No, Give him long hair. Yeah. But yeah, but like, you know, he was like the leading man for so long, but now I'm looking at his like recent credits. Uh, like he was in, uh, like from after this movie, he takes a break for basically like a year. He does Jupiter Ascending and Magic Mike 2 in the same year. Uh, then he's in Hail Caesar, which he's incredible in, doing something very against type as like a goofy, stupid, like dancer. Uh, and then he's the uh i mean I, I guess i don't know now that i'm looking at it all like laid out in front of me i am forgetting that one of his biggest things was also 21 jump street which is him in a very comedic yeah, yeah mode. he's great in that and I like he, i just i sort of realizing that he had that like comedic streak in him the whole time it's just that he was also doing weird leading man stuff and at a certain right. point he stopped doing the weird leading man stuff and now he's in that movie have you guys seen the trailer for lost city no it's like uh, it's just, like, a totally original, like, adventure movie, like, adventure comedy that looks really fun, where, like, Sandra Bullock is this author who, like, goes to the jungle to, like, have experiences for her new book, and Channing Tatum is, like, the doofus, uh, like, supermodel, like, uh, cover model for these, like, romance books who comes along and is stupid, and that's kind of nice. his bit. And, like... It's just, I don't know. I like this modern version of Channing Tatum so much better than whatever he was doing <laughs> before. Yeah, they could have, they, honestly, um, they could have pushed his his comedy 
elements a little bit more instead of like the dark gritty I'm a, I'm a little yeah i mean i know i know that would completely change his character i'm but, a half wolf uh, and i got kicked out of the military i don't have a pack yeah. <laughs> i literally got I my wings chopped off he's like so yeah, sad there's and tragic not as much... yeah also why did he have wings that's not <laughs> dogs you know, don't have wings the, all the military all the military has them that's true that's, that's why they cut off his wings because he got also. discharged I've seen Maleficent. I know what it's about. I know. I get it. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I feel like there is character. not as much comedy in this film as there could be. Like, there's not a lot of ha 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 moments, which I feel like Channing Tatum could have could have been that guy. Right. Like, I don't know. Especially if he plays too seriously. Right. He's like, oh. I feel like I'm at a point with movies now, though, that whenever I see a big blockbuster movie like this that takes itself, like, a little bit too seriously, I'm like, I greatly prefer this to not taking yourself seriously enough like it feels like every movie is so much like in a hurry to like make fun of itself before you can now then when Mm -hmm. i see a movie like this that's just like so straightforward and takes itself so seriously i'm like thank you (laughs) like just just be what you are like it doesn't have to be a weird postmodern ironic thing where you're like oh isn't it a little on the nose that such and such and like the characters saying that in the movie and you're like shut up like just let me enjoy it (laughs) breaks the fourth wall and everyone in the theater laughs no yeah. I, no you're right it's 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 yeah, um, that's true it takes a specific kind of courage to say no he is an edgy <laughs> loner and this is who he is this is his character he's a half wolf half boy <laughs> veteran <laughs> wolf boy said, though, veteran. there is there is not a scene in the entire movie that will make a room full of girls like cry scream laugh as uh i love i love dogs and he (laughs) gets that look on his face like what did you just say to me leaves the room and she's like that's true i "I love dogs like that is something that is so like that's comedy like the look on his face when he's like "Hmm?" and then he leaves that's comedy so you mentioned earlier i don't want to out you sarah but you mentioned like the fucking like tumblr sphere fandom for this movie which i can only imagine was uproarious at the time <laughs> do you want to talk about that like i want to know what was going on in those I mean, in those days it was it's mostly this you know the same stuff we're talking about now it's just like people like just fanning over the the visuals and the costumes and just the indulgence of it all and like the you know the scenes like that that stuck out were you know the 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 pad sticking the pad like yeah of course of course the, <laughs> like the, the she's gonna have a pad in in her car and stick right. it on his wound even though she's sticking the non-absorbent part on, so I don't think it really works that way. But <laughs> and the you Same. know it was just people like completely recognizing that what they were watching is ridiculous and that they love it. Right. And <laughs> I think that's why um, maybe because people recognized that from the start that it got made fun of, dude. Right. Nobody yeah. nobody yeah. was there being like, "This is a great movie. You guys are wrong." All of it was everyone just being like, "This is ridiculous." Right. And yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. And Which you I know, do. I feel like five, six years ago, like people were so invested in making sure that movies were like gritty and realistic and dark. And this yeah. movie is not gritty or realistic or dark. Right. Like, yeah. There are very bright, vibrant colors and. Like there is like a like a tactileness to the mm. fight choreography, but it's very much like the feminine version of a gritty 
weakness yeah. that would happen. Right. And that that was not that's a no go for the mainstream in 2015. Yeah, exactly. But on like I feel like Tumblr is very good at exemplifying and like honoring things that are campy. Right. But like it's okay. It's okay to be campy. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it was a trend or maybe not a trend but maybe it was more talked about and more recognized that things that are aimed towards women are like tend to be criticized more often right when with twilight which i hope you guys get into when you when you when you watch twilight but oh like, absolutely it's, oh it's, we're gonna you know, i mean granted that the uh, twilight has a lot of stuff that it does bad and oh yeah you know especially when it comes to teaching young girls what relationships should be like and, <laughs> yeah you know there's the whole you know sanctity of marriage stuff that's kind of you know old-fashioned but like the the truth of it being it was a popular thing that mm -hmm. was aimed towards women right. and thus made made fun of you know so i feel like since then people get either defensive right you know rightfully so that like if this is a feminine product a feminine product a feminine aimed <laughs> i mean also not wrong but like that it that it's going to suffer some criticism and like i said i remember that post very clearly when it was like all of this stuff if it was in guardians of the galaxy right. nobody would bat an eye yeah a lot of it was yeah exactly <laughs> a decent ridiculous was aliens and the worlds and the chosen the one with weird yeah. dna yeah exactly dog man and that's another thing blue. That I think the Wachowskis bring up a lot in their movies. Like, there's a lot of chosen one stuff in Wachowski movies. And, like, you know, as it's just interesting to me as, like, a through line for all of their movies. Because, like, obviously, the Matrix movies, as they go along, the first one's like, this is a story about the chosen one. But then the second one's like, what if the chosen one was actually sort of chosen by the antagonists of the story? And you're like, oh, shit. Mm. And it's like, <laughs> they're constantly, like, finding new ways to approach this, like, chosen one thing where it's like... This movie is not necessarily, like, you are the chosen one, but it's more like you are, like, this chosen one for, like, basically absolutely no reason, and it's more of an inconvenience than it is an actual, yeah. like, no. <laughs> you know, actual oh, yeah. helpful attribute. You, you're touching on one of my favorite parts of this movie, which is the tedium. I love, <laughs> I love, I love the bureaucracy scene. Oh, right, yeah perfect i think it's beautiful it's such a it's such a new take of like like yeah you're a princess but you have to go yeah. sit in space dmv <laughs> and sign all this paperwork just so you can own yeah. something in an right. industry that you don't participate in it's so <laughs> right it doesn't good. matter to her at all like she at does all. not mm. care a lick about whatever's going on but she has to like wait in this dmv forever and people keep being like this is really important you got to do this or else you won't I don't know, own the earth or whatever it is own that's going on. And she's just like, I just want to go home. I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. I kind of want to kiss yeah. Channing Tatum and I want to go home. Those are like kind of the I only don't two wanna, things I care about. I don't want to be here. Yeah. That, yeah. I, at first I was like, are, are you sure? And then I was like, no, this is good. This is a good scene <laughs> and I'm on board love, for this scene. It's so they, good. It's so good. It they strikes have a the chord. It has a ro they have a robot that is like designed. I, so, so this is another thing I'm stealing off of a post I saw on Tumblr. Um, it, there is a robot designed to take her through the process, and it is overwhelming and difficult <laughs> even for the robot who right. is designed to take her through the process. Also, the little, the little just like throwaway scene they didn't have to have it of him 
like running into another one, like a cooler version of himself <laughs> in the process and getting like weirdly intimidated is so yeah. funny. Right. And little things and like, he's that like help create a world, a lore. You yeah. Know? Yeah, he's and, like, um, you're supposed to be in line for reviews. This is the line for results. He's uh, like, that's three doors down. He's like, oh my god, I'm so intimidated. I think I love it. There's a um, there's a Patrick H. Willems video I really like where he he sort of attempts to codify a genre that he calls the Gonzo blockbuster, which is just like these these movies that just seem like they are obsessed with just like building as large and insane a world as possible and are just like constantly like throwing new shit at you as often as they possibly can. And he talks about this movie a lot. He talks about uh, Elita Battle Angel. He talks about Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, Aquaman. uh, And then he says like the perfect, most obvious version of this is like Mad Max Fury Road. But it's just like these movies that are just, like, building this world and every opportunity they get, they just show you some insane person with a ridiculous name and, like, this is what he's in charge of, you know? Like, that kind of shit. Just, like, over and over and over again. Mortal Engines is the other one. I don't know if any of you guys saw that one where they drive the cities around and attack each other. But It's, like, like New London or whatever. Yeah, but it's It's just, like, these movies... That are constantly, like, you know, not necessarily space operas, but, like, these sci-fi movies where they're just, like, here's this part of the world. Here's these guys. Here's this bureaucracy where all these robots live. Here's these three different corners of the of the space empire that are ruled by these three different siblings. And, like, here's the the depths of the trenches, and here's the, the mermaid people, and here's the, yes. whatever, the bullet farmers. You know, like, just going around and, like, finding all these oh, different things. That's such a good point. And, like, I, I mean, like, I love that. Yeah, and it's just interesting to hear him talk about it, how, like, so often, you know, with exceptions for Mad Max Fury Road and, like, Aquaman, Mm. kind of, like, they are so often sort of met with, like, really mixed results, and people are kind of put off by them, and they're like, I don't know about all this, (laughs) you know? But, like, it's this thing that we keep going back to over and over again, where we, like, want to just, like, have these expansive worlds and just, like, make shit up and, like, find ways to express like these crazy production design costume design ideas and like no matter how many times we do it and people aren't really that into it we just kind of keep we still want to do it like it's still fun to do no matter what yeah i mean i think stuff like that is why like star wars is so big do you mean like like the people that really really like star wars it's because they they have like they feel like they can know everything about this world and there's a lot to know and that's like that's like a really fun feeling like it's like when you when you get into a new thing for the first time and you you learn everything there is about (laughs) it and like you being able to you know champion that knowledge is like it's a fun feeling it's a powerful feeling so if there's a lot to know it becomes funner to learn and to like Mm -hmm. get into that world so like why not you know why not have like a whole like you don't even have to explain it we don't, right. we don't we don't know why yeah. there's dragon lizard men no. we're never, no, of we're course. never told they're just there and you're like okay sick <laughs> yeah. I love it sick. there's like a deer woman and she's literally just like I think you're making a bad choice and that's the, her whole thing yeah. and you're like yep she's a deer woman by the way she is. played by Gugu Mbatha-Raw a very yeah, early Gugu Mbatha-Raw performance 
just comes out yeah. of nowhere. I was like, oh, damn. And then she just disappears. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. She wasn't really famous yet. They didn't know what they were working with. Yeah. That scale, like, you know, I think that scale is really fun. I think I, like, I really appreciate it. And it's one of those things that no matter how many times you watch it, you'll notice something new in the background. Right. Like, it's just fun. Why not? Yeah, why not? Literally, why not? <laughs> Why it's not? fun. It's exciting. And it's, I think it's it kinda, looks good. It's kind of interesting too that this is one of the only ones of those movies that like takes place partially in just like regular real world Earth. You know, like mm. so many of those movies are just like check out this world, but this is like, but this is like this crazy world that exists outside of our knowledge. Mm. It exists currently to us on Earth that we just don't have any any knowledge of. You know. Which is, yeah. like, just that much more ambitious to me, because you have to start with nothing and then build into a world as opposed to just, like, starting into a world, which I think yeah. is really interesting. You have to you have to do the whole, uh, we teach you, we teach you that, you know, magic is real scene, like, which is something that right. is always, I think, pretty difficult to, to, to do. You know, people get sick of that. The same thing, like, okay, you are, you're mm -hmm. a normal person, you don't know about all of this, so we have to teach it to you. Being, being that we're teaching the audience, you know, she is she is a stand-in for us, and we're right. also learning about the world through her. But we like, also own the earth. Yeah, well, check your wrist. Like, check your wrist. <laughs> but like the, you know, sometimes it it can be hard to suspend your disbelief when it's like, ah, yes, they they rebuilt the the skyscraper that we destroyed in the. Mm -hmm. eight-minute chase scene. That's right. And nobody will remember it. Like, <laughs> stuff like that, you're like, uh, uh, okay. I, I was going to say, and those weird, like, gray alien weirdos with the backwards <laughs> legs, like, you, sh they show up, like, pretty early in the movie, and you're like, oh, this is, like, one of the main kinds of guys I'm going to be experiencing in this movie. Yep. And they'd never show up again after, like, the half-hour mark. <laughs> like, they yeah, serve their purpose and they go away. Yeah, where did those guys come from? Yeah. <laughs> where are they? <laughs> They're just dudes. They're just little I love, funny, funky dudes. I I forgot about that because that is like pretty pivotal to the first act of the movie, where yeah. it's yeah. like she gets she snaps a picture. She's like, "I'm not crazy. I know what's going on." And then <laughs> they try to like kidnap her. They when they're harvesting her eggs, not really doctors. That's a scary <laughs> right. scene for a lady for exactly. sure. Exactly, and she's like and then, freaking out under the gas, yeah. like mm -mm. freaky. And then they just, and then that's it. Bye, bye, bye. Great, great <laughs> out of Men in Black. Just like yeah. those creepy little dudes that that blank your memory. I yeah. mean, I like, I like the idea though of like there are gray aliens out there, and they are actually doctors. They're just, you know, they're just trying to get by. Mm, They've yeah, got their yeah. cloaking devices well, on. Like there's like well, a, I don't, a that's what we need more of something. these days. Are is is distrust of doctors. <laughs> It's right? Very... Don't, I don't no, know. no, that they're honest. They're good. Oh, honest they're good. People okay, just yeah. Trying to make their way through the world, but they're like, oh, no one would ever accept me as my little gray alien self, so I have to, I have to hide away. That would be good. That would be a good movie. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that. Okay, that would be a pretty bad movie. I'll make it, and then and then we can decide if it's good. <laughs> this is sounding very. Uh, Yo, Tumblr. Tumblr fanfic. <laughs> yep, that's Branching what it off. is. Branching and off. look at the look at all of the Tumblr fanfic that is so successful now. Like we got Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm. We've got After. 
Tumblr, a third Tumblr re- really likes uh, really likes Eddie in that movie. I'll yeah. tell you what, a we good were, portion of the Tumblr is is Eddie. We were talking <laughs> before we got on with you, Sarah, but like, I feel like Eddie Redmayne is getting kind of a bad rap right now, and I don't really know why. Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the Danish girl is obviously a pretty big elephant in the room, but like, yeah. you know. I think that he's extremely good in this, obviously. Not everybody yeah. agrees, but he's so much fun in this. And, yeah. like, even though... And he feels like he was, like, a really exciting guy for a long time when he was in Theory of Everything. Les People Miserable. really like that. Les Mis. And, like, I think, you know, Crimes of Grindelwald is a, uh, aptly named because it is a crime. But, like, I think he's really good in both of those movies. Like, those are the things I like best about both of those Fantastic Beast movies. I think he's really good he's in really him, good. and he's I really liked good. him in Trial of Chicago Seven. And I've never been anything other than oh, like yeah. on board the Eddie Redman was... train. And for some reason, people don't like him anymore. It feels I, like every I, time I... he's in a movie, I just see people being snotty about Eddie Redman. And I'm like, why don't you lay off? I thought he was good. <laughs> I feel like he just got he just kind of got some bad luck that like all the things that he's associated with have like 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 quote unquote negatives. That's that are true. just associated with him by default. You know, like right. Jupiter Ascending, you know, is considered sort of a trashy, trashy film. So he's associated, you know, poorly associated with that. Right. And then like, you know, everybody, everybody has reasons to dislike Harry Potter. So, you know, he's, right. you know, associated with that. And like, I think he's just kind of had some bad luck. But like, I, I don't, I'm not a particularly big Harry Potter fan even before. Right. Um. Uh, before the author turned out to be Hatsune Miku. Congratulations! (laughs) Hatsune Miku wrote Harry Potter. But even before then, I was not a big fan. But, like, he is easily the best part of those movies. Like, he's just an enjoyable character to watch. And, like, I think, if anything, he saves the series. um, (laughs) I mean, kind of. Yeah, I don't know. He made it a series. It was just a book before. Right. Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely owed to him. I mean... I love I, that was one of the things I really loved about Jupiter Ascending is the is him as a villain because what better way to make all the stuff that he does more personal like it could have just been like I'm evil and I don't want you to take what's mine so I'm going after you but then they just had to add that that paprika spice <laughs> of also I killed my mother and you look like her and now I have friends. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he's so snotty, like crusty and snotty, and so like good. his lips like quiver in a very yeah! strange pattern. Oh, you're making me want to watch it again. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> like, like why? Like, there's a reason for them. To, it's like it's almost like a like a rivalry. Do you know what I mean? Like a destined rivalry. Right. Like, she's like, what is wrong with you? And he was like, I hate you because you look like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> And then she's like, you killed your mom? And he was like, she asked for it. She wanted to die. Just like how you wanted to die. You said you hated your life at the beginning of the movie. Remember that, Jupiter? I I think it's very interesting that that's not a moral. It's It's not like a, it's not like she then is like, no, but I actually, I mean, she, I guess it is kind of like that. Cause then she goes back and she's like, She's more positive. Right. She gets up early. She, cooks, she does the cooks cleaning breakfast. Job. Yeah. So I guess there is kind of. I don't know how that would happen. Like if it were me, I would be like, 
Okay, can I have some money? If I'm like a if I'm like a royal <laughs> and I own, own the earth, the earth. Right? can I at least like get my my family out of this like like borderline poverty situation? Like, right. like yeah. I don't know why the, the the final message of the story is um so be happy with your <laughs> right. Life. Well, you know what I like about it though, like you know, it, it's very obvious, like, this. the majority of the movie is, like, about her, like, wanting to go home and not really caring about any of this and being, like, I'm really over it. Right. And, like, the fact that the end of the movie, she gets home and she just, like, gets that telescope that she wanted at the beginning is, like, the <laughs> ending, and it doesn't feel, at least to me, it doesn't feel, like, anticlimactic. It feels, like, genuinely really satisfying. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, she yeah. got to go home, she got to have the telescope. I mean, she was on Jupiter, now she just gets to look at it. I wonder if she's still as interested as she was, but she clearly is. And, like, she gets the telescope, and she gets to live in her little house again. And you're just like, yeah. good on you, Mila. I guess, Works I, for I, me. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm completely doing a 180 and going against what I just said, because, like, <laughs> now that I think about it, if, if it had ended with her being like, okay, well, then uh, I would like a better life, please... And maybe it would come across a little, like, hypocritical because we right. just spent the whole film criticizing mm. materialism and consumerism. And wealth, and yeah. wealth. And, like, the idea that she just wants to be home with her family, with these, like, really bizarre people that she clearly loves. Right. And, like, just, like, a touch. Just, like, a little hint of consumerism. Just, like, a little bit yeah. of yeah. materialism. Just that's that's enough to be alive. And <laughs> yeah, she's, like, living. well, actually... It's it's a great line that she says early in the film is like when he's like what you're just going to spend money just to make yourself feel better and she's like what so I should save my money and feel worse and I think that's definitely um, a common sentiment in people who don't make a lot of money who right. don't have a lot of money who are criticized for making purchases you know like you right. see that all the time mm -hmm. of like oh if you're so poor why do you own an iPad it's like avocado well, toast yeah you'll never buy a like, house it's 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 again it's all part of this message of like what it's like living under capitalism and consumerism right. and like well we, we can have little little uh materialism <laughs> as a treat <laughs> i just a little, little telescope i just want to say this is an aside i i just pulled up the wikipedia page for the new uh uh fantastic beasts and how to get all of them as we were talking <laughs> earlier I just, I need to state for the record that Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, colon, The Secrets of Dumbledore, is the worst title for a film I've ever laid eyes upon in my entire <laughs> life. I cannot think of a worse one than that. Panic is some, like, they yeah, somehow, they made a sequel to a movie called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, colon, The Crimes of Grindelwald, and they figured out how to make a worse title than that for the next it's one. They're getting more and more literal as it goes on. <laughs> yeah. Did you? And the trailer does make me go, ugh. Because at one point, um, Dumbledore goes, three points to Hufflepuff. And it makes me just want to, I'm like, don't, don't oh, say man. that. Oh, Why man. are you doing it? We've talked Wrong about it on this podcast before. But David Yates, the guy who directs them, like he directed the last four Harry Potter movies. And he directed the these all three of these Fantastic Beast movies as of this point. Like he's been in Harry Potter world the majority of his career, and I think like especially like Half Blood Prince and the last two like Deathly Hallows movies, I think those are such well directed movies. 
and I'm so impressed by David Yates as like a visual stylist, and I want him to make anything else so badly. <laughs> and Please, like, sir, it feels out. so clear to me that he does not give a shit about this anymore. Like every yeah. one of Get these Fantastic the Beast movies are just like so much more annoying than the last one, and like. I want him... He made that Tarzan movie. That was his one aside, and that wasn't good. The one with one of the Skarsgårds. I don't even remember. Yeah, Alexander. Yeah. But, like, God, I want him yeah, to... Yeah, that no to, one saw. I want him to bust out. I want him to become a beautiful butterfly. He's ready. <laughs> Those Aragitas. <laughs> That's also... This is the third Grindelwald that they've had. All three movies have yeah. had a different actor playing... Grindelwald. Wait, which is all three, right? Yeah. So the first the, one it was Colin Farrell, mm -hmm. and then and then well, he turns he does, into he Johnny does, Depp. Does the transformation? That's yeah. Right. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Wow." Actually, no. I don't everyone care. was not like, "Wow." Yeah. Everyone was no like, one... "Oh." I have a really explicit reaction. Or I remember very... so specifically. I worked at the movie theater in my town from like November of 2016 to like December of 2017. It was like one year I got free movies. And I remember the day I got hired, they were like, Jackson, you have this job. I shook their hands. I was like, great. I walked downstairs <laughs> right then and went up to the box office. It was like, here's the piece of paperwork. I did just get hired. Can I go see Fantastic Beasts and where to oh find them? The audacity. And, I'm so proud of you. And they're like, yeah, I suppose. And they like called the manager. They're like, yeah, I mean, he works here. Like, you can. So I did that. I went in like that day and I watched Fantastic Beasts for free. And that end of the movie where Colin Farrell, like one of my favorite guys, just like turns into Johnny Depp at the end. And I kind of liked the movie, but I was like so steamed. And it was just like such a weird roller coaster of a day. And as I was walking out, like two people from my church at the time. Just were like, like recognized me and were like, "Oh, Jackson, how's it going?" And I was just like mad. I was like, "It's going good." <laughs> I just got a job, but Colin Farrell just turned into Johnny Depp. Just turned into Johnny Depp and just ruined my whole day. Yeah. Like, I'm actually, I don't need this job. I'm done. Thank yeah. you. Actually, I'm done with is, movies. This is like, this is something just off the cuff. Would you want a sequel to Jupiter Ascending? I think I because I think this is worth thinking about. It will never happen, of right. course. Mm -hmm. But with a world as vast as it is, mm -hmm. what what would you think about a sequel? Also, what would you want it to be about if you want it to happen? Right. I don't really know because it. On the one hand, it has that very. I mean, the sort of YA genre as sort of like a set of aesthetics is very much built mm -hmm. around like serialization. But, like, at the same time, I think that this is pretty definitive because they do blow up the whole society on Jupiter kind of at the end. So it's like... Well, but that doesn't mean the industry but, stops. Yeah, I guess Because like, they all the other two siblings that are presumably, like, going to keep doing what they're doing with right. the planets that they own. Maybe and so they're not the only family that owns planets that's true. Like they were right. just the most family. powerful family that's true. and also what does it mean to own a planet if you don't intend on using the people yeah. as an energy well, source that would be interesting like i think i think you could like you could really push this like this okay you have a responsibility now like because before it's like she doesn't know She's ignorant. Right. She's ignorant that this is a system and this is an industry. Then she learns she's a part of it, but whether she wants to or not. 
then she learns she can make choices with that power. You right. know, she makes the ultimate sacrifice of her herself and her family, which I think was like kind of wild. Like you like you see you see like the protagonists sacrifice themselves for a greater cause, but the idea that she's like my family is going to get turned into goop and that sucks, <laughs> but right. if I can save the extinction extinction of the planet, I'm sure they'd be all right with it, right? <laughs> I think that's like a pretty bold decision to make right. but like but then that's little trolley she, prob she goes back to her life and she's like i don't know i guess i own the earth now and like if you really wanted to push the message of you know we are we are all active participants of capitalism mm-hmm. she now kind of has a responsibility to do something about it right. so i wouldn't mind a sequel where it's like okay are you just gonna let the siblings continue Right. With the industry, mm-hmm. are you gonna do something with this incredible power that you now have to change? Like, what what can you do to fix it? Like, I think that'd be a pretty good follow up. I think you treat it you treat it like a trilogy where it's like each one is about taking down one of the three siblings. One of the siblings, <laughs> right? Yeah, or you just yeah, Kill Bill Volume Two, and <laughs> like you thought I was done, oh. and then she whips out a sword, just a katana. <laughs> I mean, like, how would you even go about that? Because I think I would, I would love that. Because like Saturn dis rising, Saturn. All right, the rest of the planet. I mean, if you're making a story about Sailor dismantling, dismantling, dismantling capitalism, right? What, what do you do? Do you just, do you just kill the top dudes? Does that right. mean the industry stops happening? I don't know. Yeah, tricky, tricky questions. Like, I think she, like it's a, who should go for last. You want to know <laughs> who's the final boss? Yeah, who's the final I boss? was gonna say you pull like an Alita Battle Angel where you've got like a post credit scene where like some weird actor shows up at the end and you're like, oh, oh, like, <laughs> you probably got paid a lot for that thirty seconds at the end of the movie, and then he's like the final boss, like Ed Norton at the end of Alita Battle Angel. But like, you yeah, know what? Or Josh Brolin, I'll do it myself. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you want to know what I think about honestly? Mila Kunis and Channing Tatum, she gives him a big old kiss at the end. I wonder how fun they would be to watch as a couple (laughs) moving forward. I wonder what that dynamic looks like. Like, what do they talk about? Well, exactly, because, like, I feel like in the first one, they didn't really give room for him to have a character. So I feel like it would be one of those things, if done right in a second film, now that his, like, drama, his, like, main you know, thing of, like, I can't be with you is done. Now let's give him a character. Let's give him a personality. Right, yeah. So I think yeah, what do you well, want? Yeah. What, maybe, you, what you are know. you passionate about? Yeah. He could be a lighter, a little bit goofier in the second one. You're like, oh, he's actually kind of likable. Yeah. Know? Well, he and rose he can crew. Fly. I didn't know that about him. <laughs> oh, he's um, really good at macrame. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Some, someone in the, the, the chat said, maybe in-universe, but not the same characters. Yeah interesting i feel like we we should at least have mila kunis because like she's got to do something with her ownership of the earth like come on <laughs> it is wild that she owns true. the earth at the end of it like what a wild thing yeah. to put in your movie you gotta do something <laughs> with that ma'am you cannot just go back and to what is that even... toilets. <laughs> i know in the movie they said 
she says, what does that even mean? And they don't explain it. But also, <laughs> right, what yeah. does that even mean? Well, it's, <laughs> the rights, it's the rights to harvest it, isn't it? So yeah. she, yes. as, as the owner, she can prevent the harvesting or whatever. But what happens when she dies? It Who gets, gets it? passed on to her family, is what they or said. No, it would That's be why her next to marry genetic her. clone, though, right? Oh. They, would, they would begin well, to search Well, only if she for... put that in her will. Yeah. Oh, that's was that, that a particular the, thing? That's what her yeah. the mom put in her will. I must she have said, missed that. The Earth goes to my genome clone, not <laughs> yeah, not they, any of my children. The the um the the vapid sister explains that like it's such a part. It's like it's like a religion. Like maybe one day you will be reincarnated. So people just kind of like add it into their wills. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love to hear a little out. more about the mom like a little more backstory that's yeah. not just from the kids that would be a good sequel dip or a prequel Ooh, Ooh. yeah world we expansion see, we get we get mila kunis playing the role again but now she's this crazy <laughs> she's super old space mom because like i wonder if it was true because um titus i think was like oh she was killed because she wanted to stop it and you're like, you can't mm-hmm. tell if that's a lie or not because he was lying most of the time. But the truth is that she was killed. So Yeah, and then Eddie Redmayne was like, I killed her because she didn't want to be alive anymore. And then you're like, well. What does that okay, mean? What's the truth? I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, were they connected? Maybe she was depressed because yeah. of the industry. But it, it stands to question, why was she depressed? If she was so old, that means she survived off of that industry for a very long time and did not was clearly not bothered by it. So there must have been an event. There must have been something that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Perhaps what a was it? Romance. <laughs> Perhaps a romance with one Does of the Did she have her own Channing Tatum? What if back she in the day own... there was a genetic clone of Channing Tatum? Who <laughs> was in love? Maybe they're destined is... to be together. That's like oh, definitely, no. what is that? That's all <laughs> yes, you yes, think, right? Yes, yes, yes. Like, who are the? two people though like what is what are the characters where it's like we are always destined to come together and then oh, like a Zelda, it's like hawk girl right. or something like a zelda link lover. situation yeah reincarnated well, lovers maybe maybe it's the opposite oh, right you look back in time and you realize that <laughs> the there's a genetic spoke. no like there's a genetic clone of somebody else she knows that was the life partner of her previous genetic clone. It's like, oh. oh my God, am I meant to be with this other guy? Or do I love Channing Tatum still, even though I'm meant to <gasps> be with him? This is good. This is, I, okay. So this is, we're like cool. veering much more hey, into Twilight Chowskis. territory, but like, I think this is we good. Need, no, no, cause there's, we'll get, we'll get worked up in. Cause she's also like, maybe each of those people represents a different take Mm. on like what is responsible how do you act in this capitalist system Mm. because one could say oh this is exploitative and i think it's bad and the other one's like but it's kind of fun to be alive so like as opposed to three different ways of coping we have like three different ways of like trying to actively subvert the system right you could be like oh yeah i'm all about individualized talking to people like subverting the norm in terms of like culture or whatever one's like i want to blow shit up and one's like oh i want (laughs) to work the system like you got like three I'm, different ways i'm so attached to this film i'm so <laughs> attached to this fake film because like it starts with her just being a part like the 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 what is it the monarch of this this family right right and then she she goes to one of the planets or something and she meets this person who's being negatively affected by her industry and she mm-hmm. has this like 
eye-opening experience. Jupiter like, awakening. Jupiter <laughs> awakening. <laughs> oh! <laughs> so good. She has this ooh, and then you're like, he's like, okay, something's wrong here, and I have to fix it. And it's like you said, she's getting all these all these opinions. She's got like, it's kind of. I guess you're getting a little into Hunger Games territory of like. Right. You got the one dude who was like, well, let's burn it all down. And, and like, PETA who was like, eh, we can still get married, though. And, like, you just have, like, you know, those, like you said, like, the representations. Okay, what do you do when you right. want to change it? What do you want to do? And then, like, you get really attached to her cause and whatever romance and whatever you get attached to her. And you know that at the end, her son is going to kill her. <laughs> or... We could get an oracle up in here. It's the Wachowskis. Yes. They love an oracle. Yes, love an oracle. We could bring her in. It could be the same actress. So that's the Mayhaps. reason That's the reason why she left it to her genetic clone in the wheel instead of something a normal person <gasps> would do because she knew yeah, she said, this is how it's You gonna... will be the one in post-death. You're right. like, oh it's, my gosh. It's like, it was always her plan. It's like Macbeth. The oracle is like, you will not be king, but your son will. And she's like, oh shit. Yes! Yes! So she leaves it, she leaves, it wasn't just a religious thing. She leaves it in her will on purpose, knowing <laughs> that she can't do it. So she has to make, she has to get someone else to do it. And then whatever plan she was not able to fulfill, that's the third movie, the Our sequel, where Mila <laughs> Kunis yes! is back and she yes! does it. And she right. does it. She completes Did the plan. Did we just godfather our way through this trilogy? <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We broke it. We cracked it. And then once once, these, th once these three films are finished, people will argue about the order in which to watch them. <laughs> it's true. You're like, do you go chronologically or do you go by by creation? Who's to say? <laughs> I'm like actually upset. This doesn't exist. <laughs> this movie doesn't exist. Not already. yet. Hello, Wachowskis. Oh. I'll start. Oh, I'll, I'll start up a Google Doc for us. <laughs> this was a little bit of a box office flop. A flop Tina, if you will. So I'm yeah. not sure how willing they are to dip their toes back into Georgia. Let me take a look. I'm kind of interested. Hold on. No, we should probably start wrapping numbers. up soon. But I'm going to... Let's see. The numbers Jupiter ascending. No. I want to see... 29 like, degrees, baby. What it might have been. Uh, oh, hold on. Sorry, I'm holding how my much? microphone with one hand. I'm typing with the other in a way that's how embarrassingly it? slow. <laughs> How much it lost? Are you, are you gonna give us the numbers of yeah. how bad it did? No, it wasn't good. It was not great. I mean, with those graphics, with those, I mean, like that being said, um, like the CGI and the graphics, beautiful, but they did a lot of practical stunts, so you right. gotta respect them for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, okay, so it released uh, February sixth, two thousand fifteen. Very February movie. Oh man. <laughs> You know what it you know what it debuted alongside, which absolutely pummeled it, made twice as much opening weekend? Oh no. I already know the answer because I looked this up. But <laughs> okay. It's it, kind of upsetting. It is the sequel to the SpongeBob movie. The SpongeBob oh, movie Sponge Out of Water. Are you serious? Yeah. And then That's okay. So here's another wild box office statistic. Do you want to know what the next movie right underneath making basically exactly the same amount of money? as Jupiter Ascending opening weekend, is Clint Eastwood's American Sniper in its 44th week at the box office. That, that thing... Is, wow, what? That upsetting. thing made money for 
months. Like that thing had that. fucking and that's legs. On Middle America. Yeah, I Girl. do remember that being a big like like everyone being like, why is everyone so obsessed with this movie? The the what week? The forty four. The forty fourth week. Forty four. The 44th week. There were still more people. Or the same amount of people going to see that film as then, as the Jupiter Ascending, like ten yep. months. <laughs> yeah, it's like almost a it's close to a year later. That's so depressing. <laughs> uh, so hey, we're about to wrap up. Uh, usually, I so I have a usually at the end of this, I like to pick a uh, mm. uh, a review from IMDb or Letterboxd or something like that. <laughs> a really terrible review that we can read and make fun of how how silly this person is, but. I found the I found a surprisingly evocative turn of phrase deep in Letterboxd today. Usually we like to we, usually we like to dunk on people in this segment, but this person, as much as I fundamentally disagree with their take, I have to expect sure. the craftsmanship uh, in this. So this is uh, somebody named Andrew <laughs> on Letterboxd.com. Andrew, I have a cousin named Andrew. Maybe it's him. Uh, they say, it does not matter how much good faith you put in to trying to appreciate Jupiter Ascending on any level, because it will tie you down and stomp on the back of your neck, pummeling you into an extremely dark place. What? <laughs> what happened to this person? <laughs> That's so unkind. <laughs> what happened to that person? Uh... <laughs> They were not having a good February 2015. Such an extremely brutal takedown. Holy shit. Okay. Uh, real quick, I want to tell a, just a super quick story before we like fully wrap up. I will never forget one of my favorite moments in my college experience. In like English 101, I had to write some paper. And I was talking about, about 1984 for whatever capacity. Um, and I wrote in a little line where I was like, the average person might say that reading this, reading 1984 would be like a, a boot smashing their human face forever, quoting the line from 1984, you know, which was overly cutesy. I was, whatever, 18 at the time. Like, I don't think it was great writing. English 101. Yeah, but I remember my professor, we had like one-on-one, -on -one, like, feedback, and he read it and he was like, Jackson, that's like a really fucking brutally violent thing to say. Why would you put that in this paper? I was like, it's from the book. It's from 1984. Yeah, like, do you not, like, he thinks I'm just putting that in my English paper about 1984 for no reason. You're just like, like, I just really don't agree with George Orwell the majority <laughs> of the time. I'm not a fan. Uh, anyway, okay. So, uh, hey, everybody. If you are listening to our stream right now, you can check us out on uh, all podcast platforms, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. It's on all kinds of stuff. Uh, and if you're listening to the podcast later, you should know that we uh, stream our podcast every week on Twitch, usually on Saturday mornings. This was a rare evening record for us, although it was a Sunday morning Thanks. for you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's at twitch.tv slash cooltakespod. Um, and if you want to check out our Patreon, which is very exciting, we have weekly bonus episodes, 15 minutes to half hour every week uh, of just extra podcast content on there as well as monthly commentary tracks as voted on by the listeners on our discord server which you can find uh in our description in the podcast or in the bio of our twitch 
we have a channel where people can nominate any movie they want. And whoever gets the most thumbs up by the end of the month is the movie that we watch and record a commentary track for. Our first one was Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Our second one is Knives Out. So... It's hard to say Ooh, where the trend is skewing at this point, but uh, there, there is a definite, there, there is, you know, we're needling back and forth and it's you decide our destiny. Uh, no rules, just right. The only rule is that it has to be a movie available on video on demand. Other than that, it's nothing, it's no holds barred. We have not barred a single hold. Um <laughs> And, uh, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. Do you want to, uh, plug your stuff one more time before you leave? Oh, yeah, sure. Thank you for having me. I mean, um, I am one small part of, of the, the Cosmonaut Tabletop podcast. Um, we do two campaigns. We do a, uh, Star Wars campaign and a D&D one. So, I mean, uh, a lot of people came in for the, uh, the, the Star Wars because it's, it's not as common as D&D and it's really fun. Um, and if you like those big worlds where mm. you feel like you could get as much content as you want from it, it's, um, we have a lot of fun with it. So by all means, check it out. Excellent. And now that I realized it, I think we've got the full gauntlet of Cosmonaut Tabletop you players have. at this You've point, right? You've gotten all of us. Uh, you can oh, except Marcus. And we disappear now. We haven't done oh. Marcus. We haven't gotten him. Uh, so I guess that's <laughs> He's our final. soul stone, baby. He's our soul stone. Yeah, we'll have to sacrifice Adeline. I mean, I guess we have to sacrifice Adeline for Sarah, so I don't know what we have left. Oh, so then when Mindstone got killed, <laughs> Paul Bettany needed to do it. <laughs> you get him, and you can, you can disappear, all podcasters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Half of all podcasts are gone. They're gone. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, okay, so thank you guys for listening, and we will see. Oh, we will see you next week for Matrix Resurrections, the new fourth Matrix movie, and then hopefully Speed Racer the week after that. Very exciting stuff, and we will see you then. Thank you guys. Bye.